0: Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another edition of HR Chat Podcast. Once again, I'm your host today, Tim Baker. And uh, today we have with us uh, Jason Laritzen. And Jason leads the client success team for Quantum Workplace, uh, where his team is responsible for helping clients make work better for employees every day. He also leads the research team behind Quantum's Best Places to Work program. Uh, they collect survey responses from employees over, at over 6,000 companies each year to identify, celebrate, and promote some of the best workplaces in the world. And Jason is also uh, an accomplished and well-traveled keynote speaker. We're very happy to have Jason with us today. So, Jason, welcome to the HR Chat Podcast. Hey,
1: thanks for having me, Tim. Glad to, glad to be here.
0: So Jason, let's start off as as we do most of our uh podcast and tell our listeners a little bit about your career path and, and how did you get to be where you are today and and doing what you're doing?
1: Uh I love that question. Um thanks for asking it because um I you know, I ended up here, I think like probably a lot of people do, um sort of by accident and sort of by destiny, I guess a little bit. I don't know. The the quick version for me is that It all sort of started for me when I got to college and realized I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Like a lot of people do, I I actually arrived at college thinking I wanted to be pre-med, realized I would hate being a doctor. I don't deal well with whiny people. And so quickly (laughs) redirected, studied a bunch of stuff, fell in love with philosophy, fell in love with business and graduated having no clue of, of what I really wanted to do. My my actually first, first job out of college was delivering pizzas. You know, super overachiever here. But uh, did that while I was searching. Um, I ended up, actually, I had somebody tell me that if you want to learn real business, that you should go get a sales job. So I did that. My first job was selling copiers, um, literally out of a, a you know, driving a van across uh, rural Iowa to small towns trying to sell copier machines. I did that. Ultimately, that led me to selling computers for Gateway 2000 back when that was still a thing. And and then ultimately, that sales career path led me into recruiting. 1998, I think I got into, got my first recruiting job, really thought it was, you know, I applied to it more as a sales job, not really knowing what I was getting into. It was a third-party MRI, you know, recruiting franchise. And after sort of grinding for a while, finally some things clicked and I ultimately ended up being very good as a recruiter, very good at working with clients and matching talent and clients together and had a lot of success, fell in love with, that's where I kind of found my passion or my calling because I fell in love with this dynamic that exists between people and organizations. and was very curious about why that worked and how that worked. And I had always personally been kind of one of these guys that would read about behavior and leadership on the side. And so it was like that's what I did for fun was study behavior and and, uh, and leadership. And so it all kind of came together and made sense. I ultimately um, left the place I'd went to, started my own um, or started a, a small recruiting firm with a colleague of mine that we um, ran together for a couple of years. Ultimately. He bought me out. I tried to start a small business, and I did some consulting, shopped around for investment money for about a year at uh, the worst time to try to find money uh, back in the early 2000s, and then eventually realized that I really wanted to help organizations solve kind of culture and talent problems, but I I wasn't seeing the opportunities um, to do so because I hadn't been inside the beast, and so... In, uh, when did I do this, 2001-ish, I guess, I applied and got my first corporate HR gig leading a talent acquisition team. I guess it was called an employment team at the time. We ultimately Mm -hmm. rebranded. That led me on a nine-year sort of odyssey of corporate HR leadership from talent acquisition to talent management, ultimately leading um, an HR team, $2 billion organization, um ultimately that led me to a kind of a chief HR role at a regional banking um organization here. And then I parachuted back out um, because I knew that I, I had really learned, I felt like I had made good impact, but I knew that I could make my biggest impact outside the system helping helping others make change inside. And so I left, went back to consulting, and um oh did a whole variety of things that ultimately led me to quantum. And somewhere along the way, I started speaking and blogging, and that happened um, while I was in corporate. Because one of the things that I recognized in corporate is that when you are an ideas guy, or when you're an innovator, and you're kind of a um, a rabble rouser, you like to poke on the, you know, poke on boundaries and challenge things and break things to see if you can make build it, you know, better. Um, that that gets old really quickly for the people that you work for. And so I needed an outlet to talk about ideas, to talk about those things. And so I started blogging. I started speaking. My first couple speaking opportunities were at conferences, realized I was at least moderately uh, good or talented at that. And ultimately that turned into a sort of an additional career path for me as a professional speaker. Um, and so that's been really healthy for me over the years as an outlet to, to really explore ideas and help people think differently about workplace and culture and leadership and talent. And so all of that kind of culminated has sort of been rolling together, and that's how I sort of ultimately found my way to, to quantum today. So like I said, my, I don't know if my career path makes any sense. It makes sense to me when I look backwards at it. Um, I'm glad I had the ride, but uh, it was definitely a, a sort of a winding ride to get here
0: that's a re- that's a great story jason thanks for sharing that i you know <clears throat> it's funny the more people that i talk to and ask about their stories whether it's on podcasts or not you know i think everyone's career path has a certain number of twists and turns some but i i always find it interesting those people that early on in their careers, whether they're new graduates or shortly afterwards, they just, they, they know exactly what they want to do and, and they do it and Mm -hmm. they do it for the majority of their life. I, I find that amazing. And I, and I don't quite understand it because I was not that way. Um, As a matter of fact, I would say that I'm uh, for the most part until fairly recently, still really trying to figure things out. You know, I've found a lot of the pieces to the puzzle and i don't didn't wasn't quite sure how they were going to fit together and now i'm starting to find out how they're starting to fit together and it's starting to look like a picture and it's and it's really cool you know and there's nothing you know people say well that diverse career path uh, lends itself to be you know better in different ways and oh, i don't necessarily think so it's just and i i admire those people that know exactly what they want to do if it's uh, you know, for example, a doctor, but two of my cousins are doctors. They knew yep. pretty much that they wanted to get into medicine in some way and that was and they did it. And I think that's amazing. I don't quite understand it myself though, but <laughs> so
1: Agreed. No, I'm in the same camp. I, I there's there's a beauty in that focus and simplicity, I think, to having that clarity about past. But I, I I'm with you. I, I lack... I, I have some clarity about the problem is I have multiple paths, right, that I want yeah. to travel and so I think it's like how do you how do you converge those paths? And I think that's been my quest is how do I converge the different paths into something that makes sense to travel at once that benefits all. And so I also describe that I think I'm a I'm a classic I think it's becoming, you know, there are elements of my story that are very much sort of the um, almost classic or cliche, almost any more Gen X career path, right? I mean, it, there's a lot of bouncing around, and there's some individual independence and ownership, and there's some tribal stuff in there, and there's whatever. So I'm a little bit of a product of my generation, I think, too, piled on top of a lot of other things.
0: Right, yeah. So <clears throat> because I do want to I, – I can tell already that we could probably have an hours uh, a podcast here, <laughs> but I wanted – and that's great – I want to uh to ask you to to tell our listeners a little bit about how quantum workplace offers um their customers their clients. We hear a lot more and more about people analytics and the what's next factor that maybe wasn't sure at the forefront in the in you know until maybe the last few years so tell us a little bit about what kind of sort of actionable solutions that uh quantum provides and and I also noticed something on your website earlier that talks about commitments versus action plans and what's sort of the yep. the differentiator there.
1: So, let me let me start high and then I'll kind of drive in, but fundamentally organizationally our mission and this was in my intro, our mission is to make work better every day. And so that's sort of the that's what we get up, wake up every morning. We're we are workplace culture geeks and we believe that work we used to have a tagline that we had all over everything that was make work awesome, right? We believe that work can be awesome. It doesn't have to be this thing that people have made it out to be. And so we build technology tools to help clients, um, help clients realize that, or that's how we deliver on our mission is through um, different technology tools. Historically, our strength has been employee survey. So we've been in the employee survey, employee engagement survey business now going on 13 years. And so we, and and I think increasingly, I would say we're, you know, we're as good, as, if not better, at anybody in in the world on helping organizations measure, understand, and drive employee engagement through a survey platform. And um, that's where the the commitment and action thing comes. And I'll, I'll come back to that in a moment. But we've in in recent years, we also recognize that the survey is is a part of where it starts, but that there were very common things that we would hear from employees on behalf of clients. Like, I don't get enough, you know, I'm not getting enough uh, feedback or conversation with my my manager. I don't get recognized enough. I don't feel valued or appreciated. You know, these are all common things that, that come or I'm not clear on what's expected of me. And so we started looking to address those things through technology. And so we've built a recognition platform that's really about enabling and sort of making it easier, more fluid to recognize and appreciate each other, peers, managers, you know, whatever. It's across the organization. We have a goal management um, platform designed to help people create clarity or get clarity about what's expected of them and how their performance is measured. We have a platform that facilitates one-on-one conversations for managers. That's a very very easy, powerful way to create better interactions. We have a feedback um, platform. And so we built these tools to help leaders' organizations basically um, leverage the power of employee feedback to make the work experience better. That's really, at the end of the day, what it is. Um, what it is for us so host of tools um, and then we help you know we basically my team's job is to partner and support our clients in making sure that they can take these tools and realize the impact that they came to us for so so that's the that's the elevator pitch on quantum and what we do to your question about about actions and commitments in the engagement survey business for years um, the language has always been you know we do a survey as a manager in an organization that does a survey, I get my results back, and then I am to work with my team to create an action plan. So how do we, what are we going to do? What? How are we going to take action to improve our results? And there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's a, a description of that. But what we found in working with our clients, there was something very powerful in the language of, you know, action is good, commitment is better. And a commitment is essentially, as a manager, as a leader, you know, what. What am I and what are we as a team committing to do, committing to each other, committing, you know, to the team that we will do to make our work experience more engaging, to make, to create a, a stronger sense of connection with our work and and between each other. And so it's not, I mean, when we say commitment planning, it's in essence what we mean is action planning, but with more intention, with more, you know, sort of more meat to it, that we're committing to do this. It's just sort of a semantics thing that we found. And our clients have really liked that it creates more of a sense of accountability or responsibility around those action plans.
0: Oh, that's great. And I imagine with that, and I like that, that commitment side, that intention. Um, and I imagine what comes with that, uh, which I think is very important in a lot of areas of, the, you know, anything having to do with work is the is the accountability part is that when you're making a commitment, it's not just to the plan, but it's to yourself, to the people that you're you're working with on your team and, and everyone else that relies on, on your results and your deliverables too. Um, you know, we've talked about, I, I remember talking not too long ago about uh, accountability partners when it comes to, you know, it could be anything really, like personal or professional. Uh, and I've been, myself personally and professionally, have been focusing on on that commitment side of things, not just making a plan, but with the intention, the actual intention and commitment uh, that goes along with it. So that's, um, that's a, I like the way that that's put. You mentioned before that you, you had to create a bit of an outlet for yourself, for your innovative side and your creative side. And, and, and I, I believe that to be talent anarchy. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more about that and your, and your speaking and you told us a little bit about, why you did it? And just maybe tell us a little bit more about your experience with that and what you're doing now.
1: Sure. Yeah. So I, that that's actually another part of that kind of Gen X narrative that that I was saying, and that um, going back, the the story sort of overlaps. That in 1998, when I went into the recruiting business, I ended up uh, working with a gentleman there uh, named Joe Gerstant. We only worked together for about four months, but it was such a terrible work environment that we were in that we, you know, sort of, there was a lot of bonding that happened uh, between employees just over survival. (laughs) And uh, and so we spent a lot of time at happy hours, you know, self-medicating at that back in the day. And we bonded, Joe and I connected together, we became great friends, spent a ton of time together. And then over time, we also realized that not only were we great friends, but we also shared a common passion around having an impact, making a difference, you know, making things happen. So at some point, we actually Joe and I, outside of work, then he had moved on to a different job. I was still doing something similar. We started, we, we formed a couple of different nonprofit organizations together. That led to, eventually, one of the one of the things that we were involved in in the community led us to actually doing some speaking together. We created this kind of way of going out. It was it was a, it's a long story, but the two of us were going out and doing this sort of presentation for groups of young people in Omaha. And we were having fun, and it, I mean, it was awesome. It was just a lot of fun for us, and we were doing good work. And we realized at some point that we were pretty good at this. Like, we're like, you know what? People seem to really like this. They gave us the the chamber of commerce gave an gave us an award for the work that we had done. Like, this is pretty cool. Like, I bet we can maybe get paid to do this. Like, if we had some, you know. <laughs> yeah. We also love to talk about leadership or organizations, and so um, so. Anyway, so so we just started like like what would we talk about? And we and we started putting some things together as most of this stuff kind of happened and we started just sort of refining, refining our craft together. And we decided because there were two of us, we were kind of unique. And at the, at the time we were like, we need a, we need something that to call the work we do together, the speaking and the content we create together. And so we started calling it talent anarchy, um, to sort of bring together sort of what we were talking about talent, which is really the people and the, the organizational kind of perspective on people and culture and anarchy being representative of two things one was that it felt at least at the time like i think people were having a really tough time making sense of what to do with this war for talent and what to you know how to approach this and think about it there was there was change needed but they didn't know what to do so it felt very much like the rules were kind of out the window and then i think the other part for anarchy is we were just different our approach was different we were disruptive we were disruptive not only in in sort of the message that we brought, we tend to be very disruptive of your thinking, but also it was two dudes, and and the way we approached what we did was a little bit different and hopefully memorable. And so, so anyway, we started doing that, and and because we were passionate about it, and we worked at it, and we were good at it, we found some real success, and that's continued to grow um, over time. Uh, we also published a book about four years ago um, now, I think maybe five years ago, called Social Gravity, about the power of relationships and how to cultivate relationships that fuel your success in uh, both your personal and professional life. And so we've talked a lot about that out on the road. And, you know, it was really that that also then sort of gave Joe and I both the confidence and the, I guess, the momentum to individually sort of build speaking businesses. And so Joe has gone off and he has an entire practice built around Um, speaking and training um, on issues of diversity and inclusion for organizations. And then I have sort of gone off and I speak a lot more about, you know, employee engagement and leadership and um, organizational culture um, individually. And then when we come together, we do kind of make our music together. Um, And so that's what talent anarchy is. And um, one of the things people often know us for is that we at some point, this is a story for another day, but we, you know, we wanted to do something, you know, again, in the in the spirit of disruption and being different. Um, I started doing this thing at the beginning of some of our presentations where I, you know, essentially teach the audience a, a bunch of dance moves and we do a flash mob at the beginning of our keynotes in, in some cases. And so that became something that people loved. And so I just, that's, but it's fun. I get to travel around, be paid to do something I love to do with my best friend. Like it's one of the coolest things. Yeah, that's things cool. Yeah, that's it's the, fun. Uh, and if it makes sense in the grander scheme of things how we got here, but you know, if I'd have tried to make it happen, it probably wouldn't have.
0: Yeah. You know, sometimes these things just like I said, you're finding pieces to the uh, you know, puzzle pieces and and where they fit in with your sort of the the whole your whole self, professional and personal and it and it uh, uh I I'm finding a lot of that myself lately, even even doing these podcasts, which I love to do. I said to uh, our publisher said i would love to write and but i don't i can't find myself in that mindset some people can just schedule time for themselves to write and i have a lot yep. of thoughts and things i want to say but i just can't seem to find that right mindset however anybody yep. that has met me for more than 10 minutes knows i can talk so i said let's start doing podcasts cuz that's my let's that's my thing and that makes um, sense. And it's it's great to be it's it's fun to be doing things like this or what you're doing, talent anarchy. That it's some it offers, I think, more of an opportunity than other opportunities to step outside your comfort zone. And for me, that's oh, for been sure. instrumental lately. Uh, it feels great. You, you get to discover so much more. Um, and I, and I know we could probably have a couple other conversations uh, and and dive deeper into some of these things. But I do have to be kind of aware of the the time. I, I'd like yep. you to let us know maybe some upcoming events. I know that you're involved with the Social HR Camp that will be on September 30th in Omaha. That my good friend Jeff Waldman uh, runs at, at different locations throughout Canada, U.S., and otherwise. Um, so, let tell us about some of the other events that you might be attending or or being featured at, and also best ways that we are uh, the audience can get in touch with you. Sure.
1: Well, um, let me start with, like, I I I did write, I mean, I'm going to start with your last thing first, just so I don't forget it, but I, I Joe and I wrote and published a book about connecting and about relationships, and so I love it when people reach out to me. I love it when people hear things and reach out and connect and want to talk about things. I'm pretty easy to find, if you type my name into Google, you're going to find a bunch of ways, but uh, my email is jason at quantumworkplace.com. You can go to quantumworkplace.com to learn more about us. There, Talentanarchy.com is where you find more stuff about that, about Joe and I together. JasonLorton.com is where you find out more about my own individual speaking. But um, I love to connect Facebook, LinkedIn. I'm I'm easy to find for people that want to find me and and uh, have a conversation. But as far as like what's upcoming, um, yeah, Social HR Camp is cool. Quantum is sponsoring that. We love that. It's a you know it's a sort of uncomfort slash dynamic learning event here in Omaha. We have a really great um, uh, HR community here and a bunch of, of progressive HR tech vendors around this area. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be a, a pretty dynamic event. We love being involved in that. I will be actually on the road in, in early, uh, actually in, in uh, the biggest one that probably that, that people may want to connect at is HR tech. Uh, the HR Technology Conference in in Chicago. Oh, in um, Chicago Joe and I man. are doing something really cool there, and that we're leading a we're leading a session at the beginning of HR Tech for HR practitioners who are attending the conference, where we're going to kind of do a um, a session that's loosely around kind of a, a something that that we do called a hack lab, which is using it's kind of a mini hackathon kind of model that we use. It's non technical. We're going to help sort of this group of HR people identify what kind of key issues or problems um, would be really helpful to get solved for them, like things that are kind of painful right now. And then the outcome of that will be they'll use these these problem statements that we're going to identify, and those actually will be given to um, hacking teams that are competing at HR Tech that are going to be actually building technology solutions, hacking to try and solve, create something that would solve this problem in some way. So they'll actually take these ideas we do in the session at the very beginning. These hacking teams over the next two days will actually build something that then they'll showcase on Thursday as, hey, here's the problem statement we were given. Here's this cool thing we built to kind of show it off. So very cool, uh, very cool opportunity. If you're going to be at HR Tech, look me up. I'd love to, I'd love to connect um, I'm also gonna be at um Influence H R, sort of an industry panel talking about uh kind of the employee engagement industry and what's happening there and where it's going. Um and then we'll be at uh, Wisconsin Sherm um in Wisconsin Dells that uh, Friday, of that first week of October. So I mean that's just the first week of October. It's gonna be a busy fall, but uh but yeah, yeah it's be out there. I love to be being out here. there talking ideas. Yep, it
0: yeah, is it's- conference season. Yeah, I love October is always uh you know in the end of September and October. Um I'm actually I'm, I'm hoping to make it to HR Tech in Chicago. I, I don't know if I have to check my schedule but I would love to go and if, certainly if I'm there we'll uh, uh, I'll, uh I'll give you a buzz and we'll uh, yeah, I would love to uh, connect in person. Up. So I'm going to we're going to wrap it up, uh, Jason. Thanks so much for joining us today. Um, really awesome hearing about your career path and what you're doing now and how you came to be where you are. Uh, I know that we will have some conversations in the future. We'll dive a little bit deeper into some of the uh, the finer points of what now what we talked about today. But thanks again for joining us, and and uh, hope that we'll uh, we'll connect again soon. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Absolutely. And to our listeners, thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time on HR Chat Podcast. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.